0: For the
1: love of home. I'm James Homan from The Washington Post, and this is Please Go On. Last summer, I interviewed transgender activist Gavin Grimm after he won a six-year legal battle that validated his right to use the boys' bathroom in his Virginia high school. The Supreme Court declined to hear the school district's appeal to Gavin's victory before the circuit court. It was a watershed moment in the struggle for trans rights. The past few months have shown that struggle continues. Houston-based Texas Children's Hospital, the largest pediatric hospital in America, has announced that it will stop prescribing gender-affirming hormone therapies. The hospital says the policy is necessary because of an order from Republican Governor Greg Abbott directing Texas's Child Welfare Agency to investigate reports of children receiving gender-affirming care. And last month, Texas's Republican Attorney General, Ken Paxton, wrote a legal opinion labeling gender-affirming treatments as child abuse. He claims that puberty blockers and hormone therapies are effectively castration. Both Abbott and Paxton face re-election campaigns, and their strategists believe opposing transgender rights will help them politically. That's so often the case with these kinds of culture war crusades. Against that backdrop we felt the interview with Gavin Grimm was freshly relevant. Here is my conversation with Gavin from July. All right. Hi, Gavin. Hi. Your name is going to be in the history books. This is a huge deal. And and as you write in your piece, at last my victory feels final. What was it like when you found out the news on Monday? You know, I think people would expect the
2: traditional triumph and jubilation and you know excitement and glee and of course there were all of those feelings there but because this has dominated 7 years of my life you know at some point it becomes your normal getting some kind of legal update and and seeing your name all over media and that kind of thing and so i mean honestly i was just kind of thinking okay, how many emails am I going to have to respond to? How many messages <laughs> am I going to get? Basically, it, it, it was wonderful, and it means a lot more than just, you know, the paperwork that it causes. Um, but in that very moment, just my very first waking thought when I when I had, had uh, you know, heard the news was just, I am going to
1: be busy today. Has it sunk in that there's some finality now?
2: Yeah, absolutely, um, and that comes bittersweet as well. You know, certain things like, you know, I'm not really ready to declare myself an ex ACLU client, for example. Right. Um, uh, in addition, you know, to be perfectly honest, the the level of attention that I've received in the past and 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 now has been. Important for, you know, building my platform, allowing me access to resources and, and things I would not have otherwise had. And so, um, you know, part of me thinks, well, as as my name fades out of relevance, it might be a lot harder to find the support that I've been enjoying for so long. Um, and that's a little scary because, you know, it's been part of my identity for seven years as I'm I'm in the uh, Gavin Groom versus Gloucester County Public School Board well, you know, case, that's me. That's I'm the kid and or now the the young man. Yeah. And um with, with with that gone, I gotta figure out what happens next, I suppose.
1: Let let's take a step back to 2014. Earlier today, I watched that YouTube video that went viral of you you were a high school freshman when you first spoke to the county school board and you said I deserve the rights of every other human being. Now initially I think some people don't realize this. Your school at the beginning, didn't have problems with you living as a boy. Uh, your principal had said that you could use whichever bathroom you wanted. This has been such a long journey. Can you reflect on on the experience? What have you learned from these seven years? It,
2: it honestly showed me, and this is echoed in in so many different um You know, levels of society or different issues that you want to apply this concept to. But it it was a good example, first and foremost, of how willing adults are to be cruel and hateful and evil to children. Um, which is something I had known I've been harassed and bullied and and excluded from society for almost my whole life. I grew up fat. I'm still fat. You know, people don't like that. I'm autistic. And so there were ways in which I interacted with my peers that, that was weird or not correct or whatever, you know, uh, ridiculous moniker you want to put on how my behavior was perceived. Um, I've never been what people expect out of a girl in society. I've just always been, um, me really. And so yeah. I, I, you know, I wasn't f- surprised that adults can be that mean cause they've been that mean quite a few times before, but the national widespread nature, um, you know, the dog piling, the, it, it just there, you can't rely on, good faith at you know for these sorts of things that's kind of what i I, you can't work within a system that's designed to exclude you you have to um fight back in ways that empower you to to change that system to work around it to work through it not work with it because the system they had in place was not designed to keep me safe or to make sure that I was um happy and respected at school and and it just you just cannot count on you know the grown-ups to do the right thing you have to understand that when they
1: don't you have to fight back obviously there've been major cultural changes in the last 7 years you know better than anyone that there's also a lot of transphobia that still remains in the culture. How have things changed and not changed for trans youth since 2014?
2: I will start with saying from 2014 to now, in in the course of seven years, one thing that has not changed, um, has been the fact that trans people are here, will always be here and have always been here. Um, Despite the right wing media panic having you believe that our bathrooms, our women's bathrooms are being flooded with um, men, for example, um, that is an argument which is dishonest, which is the most generous term I could use for it, um, because trans people have been using bathrooms for much longer than you have been disgusted with us. and so from 2014 to 2021, if you were to believe the rhetoric spewed by, um, by people who are transphobic, bigots, discriminatory, prim- primarily, but not exclusively, uh, right-wing individuals, um, you would think that the number of Trans people had quadrupled overnight, and quite frankly, I wish it would. Um, <laughs> you would think that this crazy wave of bathroom terror has happened and people everywhere are being assaulted, but it literally has not happened. As visibility increases and awareness increases, more and more of us are able to live authentic lives. We're able to find language that represents us, we're able to find communities that keep us safe. But at the detri- at the cost of a detriment, which is that um, we have more visibility now, and so the right wing has weaponized that. And it's not just that increased visibility alone leads to increased risk of danger for trans people. But the change I am waiting for is equity, equality. Instead of painting the or or lighting up the White House in rainbow, maybe we could have an Equality Act or something like that. I don't know. Just spitballing here.
1: <laughs> well, I it, it, you make a lot of super interesting points that I want to follow up on. One, the, uh, I mean, it, it is kind of striking how you know the now it's it's like not even controversial to do the lighting, you know, at the White House and to have the the Pride Month event. But ultimately, I guess what you're saying is that substance matters more than style.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I am extremely tired and unimpressed with and disillusioned with this, um, you know, rainbows for Pride Month by all the big corporations who donate to organizations that hurt us, who don't donate to organizations that would help us. Why aren't these corporations lobbying Congress for transaffirmative action? Uh, You know, I just... That you need to put the the money, the literal money, in the case of 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 corporations and in businesses and such, where the where the pride merch is.
1: One of the things I thought of a minute ago when you said that the right is weaponizing transphobia is that their line of attack really has shifted since 2014. The focus has gone from transgender people using bathrooms, which is what your case was really about, to transgender people competing in sports. Several states have banned them from doing so. What do you make of this shift in focus? Well, I mean, I think that I think there's a lot
2: of um reasons for that, that 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 kind of conversation evolved in in a sense. If their whole thing is I don't want a big burly man in the women's bathroom, then it's hard for them to look at me and say go to the bathroom with my wife. Not that that's I mean, I who care? Like it doesn't matter. I mean, even if I did. It I'm not, you know, I I'm not assaulting anybody. I'm using the bathroom. I, I think it's ridiculous that we have sex segregated bathrooms to begin with. Um, you know, and if you look at countries all over the world that have affirmative policies or where sex segregated bathrooms are not the norm, um you know, these 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 claims of of crime and, and assault, it's just not true. But with the case of trans people in sports, we've been so historically excluded. That I think there's more of a concept of the unknown. How do trans athletes compare to cis athletes? But because they see these things as more, um, I, you know, I'm not going to speculate on how they see these things. But because because it's 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 easier to masquerade your concern when you can say, oh. But then the poor women will be outperformed by—the poor cis women will be outperformed by the trans women. Um, you know, think of the women. Won't, won't someone think of the women? Um, but they're not thinking of uh, reproductive justice. They're not thinking of the ways in which uh, incarceration affects single mothers. They're not thinking of anything that actually helps women in any way, shape, or form. It's just when they can use those talking points um, to leverage other aspects of hatred that, that they even bring those things
1: up. There might be people listening right now to our conversation who are feeling what you felt in 2013 before you came out to your family and at your school. What advice do you have for young people who might be struggling to decide whether or how to be themselves?
2: You know, if I if I go back and... consider this question from the perspective of what i would have needed to hear when i was that little boy yeah um you know what do you tell a kid when there's not a place in the, for them in the world when you've never seen an example of who you can be that you can be at all in fact um you know that's changing a lot every day but back then um i mean there was a lot less even back then back when i was first exploring these words and this community and and how i fit into all of it i, I mean back at that point my two best resources were like wikipedia and susan's place which um i hope some people recognize and and get some nostalgia from um but I want to first and foremost, if I'm speaking to this child, I want to validate that it's really hard and that and that no you can love yourself, you can make peace for yourself, you can embrace yourself, and you can you know you can be your own biggest fan, and if you experience harassment every day that that your school refuses to protect you from, if you are not supported at home, if you don't have the option to be who you are, that's very devastating and it's very dangerous for for everybody, young people, um, adults, it's very dangerous. And so I, I would say that there is a big, beautiful community waiting for you waiting to embrace you, waiting to make space for you and there is a future. And in the meantime, yeah. try to remember, that you don't need anyone's permission to be exactly who you are, even if you can't share that with the world yet. And Mm. that the pain that you're feeling, I mean, even just thinking about before I came out, I was, my household was conservative. When I, when my mother thought I was a lesbian, she told me that basically she implied that I was going to hell. She, when she took me to church before I finally, thankfully stopped going to church or stopped being forced to go to church, I should say, she said, you know, I love you, but wear a hard hat inside so Mm -hmm. God doesn't bring the house down on you. And that was, you know, a, a turn of phrase, but basically what she was saying was, there's something sinful and wrong about who you are, that may so motivate um, my Christian God to just like topple the building and crush you to death. I mean, I know she wasn't specifically meaning that. The essence of what she meant was you are you're living a sinful life that God does not approve of, and as a result, your your soul is in jeopardy. It, you know, thinking about me in that situation, I couldn't have fathomed telling my mom that I was a boy, much less my father, and the response being that that was okay. I couldn't, there was no future that I pictured that that ended that way. And that's my reality now. Um, And that won't be everyone's reality, but that was not forever. And even if they had rejected who I was, it still wouldn't have been forever. It would have been painful. I don't know what I would have done. I don't know how I would have made it through it. But, I have the love and support around me of incredible friends, people in my circle who I knew back then and I know now who accepted me without any you know, conditions or stipulations. And, and I just so hope that the young people out there who are unable to be themselves are able to eke out a little corner for themselves on the internet with their group of friends, wherever they can find that safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and regardless, there is a future that is so much fun, that is waiting to be explored, that is waiting for you.
1: We'll be right back after a short break.
0: The Living Room is where you make life's most beautiful memories.
1: What advice do you have for cisgender people who want to be allies? (laughs) A couple things. Um,
2: When trans people correct you, shut up. Um, (laughs) Don't defend yourself. Don't explain how they took it the wrong way. Just listen and learn because this person is far more of an expert on their own lived experiences than a cis person could ever be on the experiences of trans people. Um, So I would say first and foremost, prioritize the feelings of the trans people you're interacting with over your comfort with the situation. Um, do your own research and stop relying on trans people to lead you to the light. Um I, even from allies that really do mean the best, I still get questions very often. You know, what does this term mean? Explain this concept, whatever. You know, there are many, 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 many queer people who have written extensively about every question I have ever been asked by cis people. Mm -hmm. And they are, if they were able to message me, to bother me, to take time out of my day to explain this concept to them individually, then they have access, To something that would allow them to find that answer without me. And and so I would say, rather than burdening trans people with your education, especially if it's for free, do research that you are fully capable of doing on your own. And do that before you make mistakes i- I'm tired of hearing, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know well, I'm sure you didn't know, and I'm sure that you'd meant it with no malice, but guess what? The impact of your words matter a lot more than the intent of your words, and when you don't know the lingo but you still choose to engage in ally spaces and then you cause harm, that was your fault um i you know i don't I don't care if you didn't know the lingo before. It's your responsibility to keep yourself educated um and understand terms that the community is using, language that we're using. You know, I'm, I'm really not interested in the I didn't know excuse at this point. It's, you know, I just, I'm over it. And then um, finally I would say pay trans people. Do not ever ask a trans person to do free labor for you. Understand the disparity in the opportunities that trans people have versus cis people, and understand that it's important that you redistribute your resource sources to any community experiencing marginalization um, in a way that you do not. Cis um, people need to take a much more active role in the whole ally thing. I think, uh, you know, the 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 best way to say it would be. Transphobia is not trans people's problem to navigate. It is cis people's problem to solve. Uh, cis people did it. Cis people got to fix it.
1: The final question I wanted to ask was, based on the the ending of your op-ed, I, I thought that it was pretty poignant. and And so the question is, What message do you have for those who might oppose trans rights who are listening to what you have to say?
2: I'll tell you what I wish my answer would be, um, which is if you're listening to this and you oppose trans rights, oh, well, too bad. We're here and we're not going anywhere and we're winning. Um, But for those who might be listening, and this is a question that they're navigating, and they have mixed feelings on it or even negative feelings, but are actually genuinely open for dialogue. Um, I would say there's a lot of resources out there if you're afraid of the question of well how you know how how do we keep adult men out of you know my my daughter's bathroom th- these questions have been answered, and if you actually want the answers to these things, you are empowered to find them. These questions are not new. You're not the first person who has had these fears. And I, I, I think it's reasonable to explore concepts you do not yet understand. And I would also say that trans people have been around for a very long time. I couldn't even fathom the difference between the risk that trans people face of themselves being assaulted in a bathroom or other spaces versus the non-existent risk that trans people do not pose to the public at large.
1: Well, Gavin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your journey and and everything that you've been through on what is really a a very significant week in the history of trans rights. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the space and um, definitely appreciate
2: you having me for this conversation.
1: Months after I talked with Gavin Grimm, the Virginia school board that refused to let him use the boys' restroom agreed to settle the case and pay him $1.3 million. That money will cover his attorney's fees and other costs. Meanwhile, just last month, South Dakota Republican Governor Christy Nome signed legislation that bans transgender girls and college age women from playing on female sports teams. She called it an act to protect fairness in women's sports. With Nome's signature, South Dakota became the 10th state to enact such a ban. Nome vetoed similar legislation last year, saying she feared the wrath of the NCAA, which threatened to move tournaments out of the state. But she's eyeing a run for the Republican nomination for president in 2024, and signing that bill will help her chances. Federal judges have halted enforcement of similar laws in Idaho and West Virginia, while the Justice Department has challenged bans in other states. Those legal battles in the culture war continue. Please Go On is produced by Julie Deppenbrock. This episode was edited by Allison Michaels and mixed by Ted Muldoon. You can find the link to Gavin Grimm's op-ed in our show notes. I'll be back next week with a new episode because there's always more to say.